powered by Transistor FM. Welcome to Friends, Foes, and Neither. Do not adjust your podcatcher settings, as what you are about to hear is real. It's the Derek Duvall Show. Prepare yourself for insightful interviews with incredible people. Join us now as we delve ever deeper into the human condition. And now, coming to you live to tape from the Derek Duvall Production Bunker, it's Derek Duvall! Hello, Duvall Nation. Hello. Hey, everybody. Hi. Thank you so much. Please sit. Thank you. Hello, Duvall Nation, and welcome to the Derek Duvall Show. We are back with another fantastic journey into the lives of extraordinary people. This episode is brought to you today by the fine folks at BetterHelp. BetterHelp is the world's largest therapy service and it's 100% online. Get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash Derek Duvall Show. That's Better, H-E-L-P dot com slash Derek Duvall Show. So before we jump into this episode, I want to say a huge thank you to my last guest, the former commanding officer of USS Cole, retired U.S. Navy commander Kirk Lepold. It was a real honor to have him on the show, and if you've not heard our in-depth interview, I strongly advise you to check it out after the conclusion of this episode. And sir, like I said in the last episode, you are welcome back on this show anytime. So welcome to episode 178, and we have a good episode lined up for you today. We have on the show Shana Francesca. Now, Shana is a keynote speaker, life designer, writer, and the founder of Consonate LLC. Shana is an incredible woman, and she'll be talking about escaping a terrifying environment growing up to becoming empowered in her adult years to how she founded Consonate. Now, I need to forewarn you there may be a trigger for some of you, as there is talk of sexual assault in the first few minutes of this interview. All right, so let's get Shana out here. Duval Nation, please welcome to the show, calling in today from Burlington County, New Jersey, the founder of Consonate, Shana Francesca. Shana, hello. Welcome to the Derek of All Show. How is the weather out by you today? It's like 90 degrees in New Jersey, so it is great. How's the weather with you? Oh, it's 80 degrees, and I feel like it's going to be getting even hotter. I have my first mow of the season this weekend. I'm not looking forward mm. to it. So I start my needs off the same way, and that is how has it been for you to navigate the COVID-19 world up to this point? Oh, I think like so many people and like all of us, the name of the game has been flexibility. And being willing to be uncomfortable Mm -hmm. consistently and just getting comfortable with being uncomfortable because the world is changing rapidly in ways that it should in ways that it shouldn't. (laughs) But, but I am seeing us come together more as community, right? Even though the news would have us believe differently, Mm -hmm. you know, when you're having beautiful conversations with people, you see that there's more that brings us together than separates us. And I think that's been, the beautiful thing about the change and the shift in the world has been the way that we're showing up for ourselves and for each other in new ways, in ways that we never allowed ourselves to before. Mm. I want to come to your community. Everybody around here seems to hate each other. So (laughs) (laughs) where are you? Oklahoma. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Different. That's the, that's the response right there, but that's the, yeah. So Mm -hmm. every journey has a beginning. Where were you born? What was it like to grow up there? I was born in Jersey. So I grew up in a working class neighborhood, very diverse neighborhood. 
However, that was juxtaposed with the fact that um, I grew up in an abusive household and in extreme evangelical Christianity. Mm -hmm. Like, for instance, I wasn't allowed to wear pants or heels or makeup um, until... <laughs> I finally, I won the the war on pants. <laughs> um, but, you know, I wasn't allowed to wear those things until I was like an adult. <laughs> mm. And even then, my being allowed to be an adult was questioned. And so it was strange for me. It was a strange dynamic of trying to establish who I was in the world while constantly being told who I was was wrong. I read that you were you grew up in, you know, had a rough childhood and about the evangelical Christian. You said it was a cult, exactly? Yeah. I think that religious institutions cross over from being a religious institution to being a cult when there is no accountability, when there is a pervasive abuse and extraction of resources from your people, right? When um, there was like, for instance, at some point in time, the FBI became involved because um, there was lots of gold, millions of dollars worth of gold kept in a safe in the church. And one of the pastors, one of the seven pastors, children stole it and crossed state lines with it. Um, the church was also buying up tax liens, which is completely legal. However, a church being involved in buying up tax liens and charging people the maximum interest and then taking their homes is, yes, legal. But should the church be involved in that when the church is supposed to be supporting the community and helping the poor? Right. Yeah. And when you're actually exploiting the poor for your financial gain. Right. Yeah. Um, that's a no for me. Exactly. <laughs> right. Um, and pedophilia, abuse, all being covered up, not being taken to the authorities or to anyone who could actually support and help the people it was happening to, including myself. Um, my father admitted to sexually assaulting me when I was 15. The church told my mother that it happened because she wasn't she wasn't having sex with him enough. I, I have no words, no words. Yeah, but he was abusive, right? And so they knew yeah. that, right? Like, and who wants to have sex with an abusive man? No right. one. <laughs> how did you? How did you break away from that? Um, my brain started fully forming um, at twenty. So a lot of things happened at the same time. At twenty-four, my father left because he had a girlfriend. Um, she was Canadian, and that was a whole story for a whole nother day. Um, but he left to go be with her. And my parents got started, you know, divorce proceedings at 25. I moved in with my grandfather who was sick and dying from cancer and he needed someone to support him. And I got a job just down the street. And so I was able to move in with him to support him. And so I got out, right? Like I had a legitimate, excusable reason to leave, right? Because that's what like abuse does to your brain. It makes you think like you need an excuse or a reason rather than just like living your life because it's yours, not anyone else's. And so I got out and then I never went back. And at that point, I was like 25, 26. You know, by the time my, when my grandfather passed away, I was 26. And then I moved back to South Jersey and started healing, right? Because yeah. it's really hard to heal when you're inside an, of an abusive environment. It's really hard to figure out who you are when you've spent your entire life, both in your house and outside of your house, struggling with abuse, but just in different ways, right? Religious abuse, because I also went to school at that church, by the way. Uh -huh. <laughs> I didn't even, yeah. So Monday through Friday, I was at school and church there. We went to church three times a week, Wednesdays and twice on Sunday and sometimes on Thursdays. And so the only day of the week that I wasn't physically in touch with 
you know, the church was on Saturday and, you know, every day I lived at home. So it was, um, it's when you're, when you're removed from that environment, you can finally heal because when you're in that environment, even when you're trying to heal, somebody's picking at the scab yeah. or inflicting more wounds and picking at the scab. Right? Right. Um, so it's very, very difficult. Uh, just before we move on, is that cult church still around? In one form or another. It's in a different form. The leadership that was there at the time has been removed and new leadership put in place. So I cannot speak to how the church operates now. I can tell you that it was burned down actually just two weeks ago or three weeks oh, wow. ago, it burned to the ground. The ancillary buildings are still standing, but the main church building burned to the ground. It was like an eight alarm fire. So it was a big, <laughs> big, big, big fire. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm, um, I'm not happy about it, but I also yeah. wasn't sad about it. There was a lot of conflicting emotions when I saw it burning. Well, I'm absolutely sorry as hell that happened to you. But that leads us, you know, from what I read, you that got you very interested in the arts, which leads me to my next question. You know, that is, do you have any favorite memories from your time at Philadelphia University? Yeah, God, that was the beginning of me understanding that was that there was a world far outside of the one I understood, right? So I started college at 17. I went to county college for a year and a half to save money and then transferred. So when I was at Philly U, I was 18, just about to turn 19. And I was surrounded by a whole lot of people from a whole lot of backgrounds. And it was like a shock to my system, right? And I think one of my favorite things was this moment where I think there was this one teacher, Lisa Phillips, and she knows I love her desperately. And she's the reason why I made it through there. She just kind of took me aside at this one moment. And she said, you know, I know that you don't have a background like everybody else's. Let me like, I know you're, I know you can be really good at this. Here's some things I think you could do to help. Right. And she just like took me aside and made sure that I felt seen and heard and understood. And there was very few instances in my life where I, I felt that way. And that was one of them. And so it was, it was really a turning point for me to feel like I belonged and somebody wanted me to be there, right? I wasn't just there, but somebody wanted me to be there. You have a degree in interior design and architecture, correct? Yeah, I have a BS in interior design. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So that being said, where did the idea come from to found, consonate, and can you explain to my listeners exactly what the mission of the company is? Yeah. So, um, Consonate, I, so Consonate was actually founded in 2016 as just a side hustle. <laughs> <laughs> and then in 2018, I think, I finally formed the LLC or 2019. Yeah, 2019. And um, then I took it full time and it was under a completely different name. And once I really was doing this full time, you know, full time into running a business, I very quickly learned that it's, it's ever evolving, you're ever evolving, what you know to be possible. And I was also, also remember I'm on this healing journey, right? <laughs> I'm still, I will for the rest of my life be on this healing journey. So I'm still getting to know the parts of myself that have been suppressed by trauma and complex PTSD and all the shit, right? And so entrepreneurship is this funny thing where like, it's a real, it's real deep personal work more than anything, yeah. <laughs> like every single day. And so um, the idea to found it was that I was already like, as part of my interior design work, it was very much my focus on 
how in our interior space, our interior environment is a reflection of our beliefs about ourselves and how we allow ourselves to take up space in the world. Um, and, and, and so there was a deep coaching element to what I was doing to begin with. And as a matter of fact, I was do I started doing group coaching now about five years ago. And after working with like a hundred people <laughs> over like two and a half, over two and a half years, it occurred to me that like, this was bigger than just interior design, right? Mm -hmm. And these concepts that I was working with, because the coaching wasn't around interior design. It was around what I now call life design. Um, and at that time, I discovered, I was like, this needs to be actually a part of my business in a more meaningful and, an, and purposeful way, an intentional way. And then I really started doing a deep dive into what I really wanted to create. If there was no rules, what did I really want to create? And that's how Consonate was birthed. Um, and the name actually means, and I keep it, I keep the definition written on an index card on my, I'm super old school about it. It's on an index card. <laughs> Reveal my age. <laughs> uh, Consonate means to arrange or blend together skillfully as parts or elements put together in a harmonious, precisely appropriate or elegant manner. And it's really the heart of what I do is to empower people to put their lives together in a precisely appropriate manner as defined by them. I get to act as the mirror, right? Awesome. Yeah. So one of the things I found interesting in your website was the consequence of choice, like ripples in a pond. So with that in mind, can you explain life design to my listeners? Yeah. The foundation of life design is intentional living and leadership, right? It's a matter of recognizing that so much is demanding our attention every single day. It's really hard to be present for ourselves and to make choices consciously. Most of the time, we're just trying to get through the day. But by being more intentional and recognizing the power in our choices, we actually can pare down what we're doing. We can set proper boundaries. We can you know, decide who and how we're spending our time in more intentional ways, right? We can um, let go of other people's expectations, right? And know that we have to show up for ourselves to be able to show up for anyone else. Mm -hmm. And it's not wrong or bad for us to say no because we just need time for ourselves or to cancel plans because we need time for ourselves or any of those things. It, it also um, allows us to take that moment to hold ourselves accountable to have the uncomfortable conversations so that we free up our mental space. I don't know about you, but like when I know there's a conversation I should be having with somebody that I want to have about maybe I didn't show up in a way that I said I would, I so on and so forth, and I'm unwilling to have that conversation because it feels too uncomfortable, it sits in the back of my mind and eats up so much mental energy. But if we just take the step to have that conversation, right, and to get it, out there, we free up this mental energy, right? And that can be applicable in so many aspects of our life. Um, it's all of it, right? We can be intentional about all the ways that we're showing up in the world. So that's what it is. The, the, the foundation of it is just being intentional, not doing more, being more intentional with what we're already doing. Which leads me to the next question. Now, you know, it's rather interesting to myself personally, and as someone who makes extraordinary connections with incredible people all over the world on any given day during the show. In what way would you give us advice on how to deepen our relationships with ourselves and others through intention? Lean into curiosity. 
the beginning of living a more intentional life is openness and curiosity. We can't make any change in our life and we can't learn anything new if we know, right? Letting ourselves lean into, and so much of our world demands that we know, that we be the expert, that we know it all. But there's no fun in that. There's no joy in that. There's no exploration in that, right? Mm. So leaning into exploring the world, learning more, understanding that failure is simply an indication of where we've reached the limits of our understanding in the world, right? Of our learning, right? And we, if we get curious, we can push past that. And then as we learn more, we can get more intentional about the ways we show up, right? We learn, we try, we fail, we learn, we get more intentional, we do it all over again, right? It's just a matter of, for me, being curious and being open and being respectful of ourselves and the people around us naturally leads us to being intentional. Okay, Duval Nation, we're going to go ahead and take a small break right here, but we will be right back with the conclusion of this interview with Shana Francesca. May I suggest you take this time to refresh that drink and take some super long deep breaths. You know that's right, Cluzo style. Out with the bad air, in with the good. Out with the bad air, in with the good. Please give your attention to a few friends of my show, and we will be right back. This is B-Word, one half of the host of the Bleach Brothers podcast. My buddy Jake the Hater, Jake the Tailgater, joins me every single week on Sundays to cover things like dadisms, food and beverage, and all things entertainment. And just like Sunday church, when you get out, you can come and enjoy all the dirty talk and get sanitized. Hello, Duval Nation. Derek Duval here. Mental health is not only a top priority in my life, but it should be in yours, too. As a combat military veteran, I have seen what untreated mental health looks like, which is why I've been using a therapist for well over a decade. Seeing a trusted therapist has helped me reconcile life events and other important things I've been witness to since returning home from the service and has changed my life for the better in many ways. Which is why going forward I am pleased to announce that BetterHelp will be sponsoring The Derek Duvall Show. BetterHelp is the world's first therapy service and it's 100% online. With BetterHelp, you can tap into a network of over 30,000 licensed and experienced therapists who can help you with a wide range of issues. To get started, you just answer a few questions about your needs and preferences in therapy. That way, BetterHelp can match you with the right therapist from their network. Then, you can talk to your therapist however you feel comfortable, whether it's via text, chat, phone, or video call. You can message your therapist at any time and schedule live sessions when it's convenient for you. If your therapist isn't the right fit for any reason, you can switch to a new therapist at no additional charge. With BetterHelp, you get the same professionalism and quality you can expect from in-office therapy, but with a therapist who is custom-picked for you. More scheduling flexibility and at a more affordable price. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash Derek Duvall Show. That's betterhelp.com slash Derek Duvall Show. Hey there, this is Chad from Larkin, and you are listening to The Derek Duvall Show. You can find all of our releases on No Records out of Long Beach, that's K-N-O-W, or you can find them on almost all streaming services, and we hope to see you around down the next gig. Cheers. Oh, cunt and his comrades like lions at bay, from South Dublin Union, poor death and despair. But what was there often the invaders men saw? All the dead khaki soldiers in Erin go bra.
Teachers, do you ever have these feelings or have been told these things? Do you want Kleenex for your classroom? Maybe you should think about buying your own with your own money. You get the summer off, you can have a second job. Do you really need a pay raise? Oh, do you need to use the restroom? Maybe you can do that in the three minutes while students are changing classes. Boy, sure hope your room doesn't descend into Lord of the Flies in that time. Oh, things are going pretty good for one. Surprise! Budget cuts. Well, you're in luck because we've got a book just for you. Hi, everyone. It's Katie Kinder, educator, speaker, and author of Untold Teaching Truths. I invite you to purchase my book and join this journey as we talk about the wild world of public education. Part memoir, part strategy. It is available on BookBaby, Amazon, or wherever books are sold. Teach on Warriors. We've got this. Are you tired of seeing the latest social media trends and fearing the worst? Does the daily news bring you down? Are you looking for something new and fun to listen to? Well, well that's, that's where, where we, we come, come in. in. Hi. Hi. It's Frankie. And Garrett. And we host The Ever-Trending Story, a weekly podcast where we present a fictional story utilizing the hottest happenings in the world and bring it straight to your earbuds. You can find us wherever you listen to podcasts. Just go to anchor.fm slash evertrendingpod and subscribe today. Hey, it's Michelle Fabre, and you're listening to The Derek Duval Show. You can hear my brand new single, I'm All That I Need, on all streaming platforms right now. Hello everyone, this is Janae Sergio, life coach, combat veteran, and best-selling author. I invite you to purchase my new book, Perfectly Flawed, a veteran's journey from homeless to hero. In these pages, you will learn about the lowest struggles of my life to the absolute triumphs that have made me the strong woman I am today. Follow along as I talk about homelessness, my naval role in Operation Enduring Freedom, navigating insurmountable odds, and how I dealt with and overcame them. You can find Perfectly Flawed on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or wherever books are sold. Welcome back to episode 178 of the Derek Duvall Show. Let's get right back to it with the conclusion of our interview with keynote speaker, life designer, writer, and the founder of Consonate LLC, Shana Francesca. One of my favorite lessons from Ted Lasso is be curious. Yes. And uh, outside of my ideas, you know, that curiosity will answer the questions outside our planet, you know, in your opinion, how can curiosity change the world? Wrapped up in curiosity is vulnerability, is play, is is our humanity, right? Um, by being able to be curious, we can approach a situation instead of saying you're wrong and I'm right. We could understand that, in fact, it's more likely that we're both right in certain ways, right? based on our perspective of the world. And by getting curious, we can understand that our view of the world is very specific and limited to our 
lived experience, right? But when we combine that and get curious about other people's lived experience or other beings or the planet or how we work together as an ecosystem, right? Because human beings are a part of an ecosystem. And I think we frequently forget that, right? I think that curiosity will lead us to a place where we're truly functioning as community and sharing resources and understanding our impact and taking accountability for our impact together. I do want to briefly mention that you wrote a book. It's called Under My Skin. Where did the inspiration come from to write it? Yeah, so I wrote it under a pen name. Uh, Maeve Marin is my pen name. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I just, at some point, it wasn't like something I wanted to do my whole life. Like I was never at any point in my life said, yeah, I want to write a romance novel until I did and then I wrote it. <laughs> um, I've been writing from all of my life, um, but mostly for myself, right? And so there was this moment where I started reading romance novels um, and I thought, you know, this is a really beautiful way of reimagining how I wish that romance or some aspect of my life would, would have shown up for me, right? And at some point, not in the future, but in the past, right? Like, could I take aspects of my life um, and could I reimagine them? Could I make them fictional, right? Could I rewrite those stories? And and there was something deeply therapeutic about it. At some point, right, initially there was this thought of like, can I rewrite aspects of my own past? But once I established those characters, they took over and they told me what to write. Yes, that sounds insane, I know. But once you establish a character as a, as a being, as its own being and give it a personality and a voice, it tells you, that being tells you who it is and gives you their dialogue, right? And so it was this fascinating, um, very therapeutic process. And I started writing my second novel. I've put it on hold for now because I have so much going on. <laughs> but the part of the reason why I wrote it under a pen name is so that it could live as my creativity. And it wasn't another thing to check off a list, right? It was something that just got to be birthed out of me and it comes out when it comes out and there's no pressure around it. I wrote it, edited it, formatted it, designed the cover. I did all of it myself. Can you give us a brief synopsis of it? It's about uh, Ethan and Aria, about two people who met on a street corner in Philadelphia. That part actually happened in my real life. The rest is completely fictional. <laughs> <laughs> but the synopsis is of a woman who grew up with a difficult background and then her brother is kind of a shady figure and and I, I'm trying not to give it away but <laughs> <laughs> I'm like I should probably just read the back cover it's sitting behind me um but but um it's it's a she's a sassy bold woman and he is somebody who's learning how to love right and how to show up right and um and I loved writing it. I loved writing it. And I can't write, wait to write another one, but it'll wait until I, I can set aside the time. What's the reception to the book been like? Um, I haven't promoted it nearly as much as I, as I <laughs> wish I had time to. Um, but everyone who read it is like, when's the second book? And I'm like, it's coming. <laughs> I have, I have 5,000 or 8,000 words of the second book written already. Um but yeah, the reception has been good. It's just I haven't really promoted it right. so that, you know, there's probably a couple of dozen people who've read it, maybe more than that, maybe like three dozen people. Um, 
and they've all loved it. But and I'm but I'm and I wish I could I had time to write the second book already. I already picked the cover art and everything. So and the name. It's just right. a matter of continuing to write it. Yeah. That's awesome. Now yeah. you do you do public speaking all over the country. What sort of ideas do you promote in your talks? Intentionality. Intentionality, curiosity. Um, you know, depends on the crowd whether I'm talking more about intentional leadership inside of an organization, if that's what we're focusing on. But intentional living, it's why I say intentional living and leadership is because we are alive while we're leading, right? Like yeah. <laughs> who we are internally is how we show up as a leader. So it's all intertwined. And you are a leader even if you're only leading your own life. And I guarantee there's more people paying attention, you know, looking to you for inspiration than you think are, right? Yeah. Um, so we're all a leader in some aspect of our lives. Um, so yeah, my work focuses around intentionality, around life design and curiosity. All right. So what's next for Shana? Um, I'm partnering with a publishing company, uh, to launch an author's launchpad and it's an opportunity for a authors to come together to write their books. So this is nonfiction. So focuses on entrepreneurs, business owners, thought leaders, um, and being able to write our books together. The publishing company helps with formatting and the cover art and assigns the ISBN. So at the end of this launch pad, you know, everybody has a fully published book and then you can choose to, you know, market it yourself or to have somebody market it for you. Um, but I love the opportunity and it's, they're doing it at a super discounted rate. It's $1,900 for the whole program for six months. Um, and there's a therapist involved and she helps with tapping and any writer's block that comes up. So it's a really beautiful supportive okay. environment. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Um, so I'm really excited about that. Anybody who's interested, please reach out because I think we need a more diverse range of voices speaking in the world. And this is the moment to go ahead and and share share what you need to share, share your story and share what you're doing in the world and how it's creating an impact. That's awesome. So as we enter the final phase of this interview, I always like to ask one fun question. And that is, you know, when you aren't running your company and now writing romance novels, uh, <laughs> what do you like to do for fun? How do you relax? <laughs> Anyone who has ever met me will say there's not too often that I'm super relaxed. I love to be on a beach somewhere in the world. That's my favorite thing. Uh, be near water. Go for a hike, which is really just fancy walking, but out in nature, <laughs> right? Like out in actual nature, not just on the sidewalk. I love reading. I read a lot. A lot, a lot. Um, but my one of my favorite things to do is to read and walk, listen to music. I love dancing. I was a semi-professional salsa dancer for four years. A lot of things. It just depends on my mood. <laughs> Whether I'm going out, I'm staying in, grabbing a bottle of wine and going to a girlfriend's house, or we're you know going out to dinner or visiting a new restaurant. I like trying new things, experiencing new things, and meeting new people. Awesome. So what would be the best way for my listeners to follow your adventures online? Sure. Yeah. You can find all my social media links on my website. My email, my contact information is on there as well. There's some free information, a couple of videos, uh, helpful PDFs. And so people can find a lot of information about what we're doing and how we're doing it. So yeah, definitely check out the website. It's www.consonate.world. And I'm sure it'll be tagged in the show notes. It will be. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Shana, I end my interviews with my favorite question. And okay. The question is this. 
if the entire planet was listening to this broadcast, what would be the one thing you would like to say to the people of Earth? Curiosity did not kill the cat. Did not. Don't let anybody lie to you. It made the cat and the dog best friends. Love it. The book is Under My Skin, available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or wherever books are sold. Shana, thanks ever so much for taking the time to come on the show. This has been fantastic. Thanks for having me. I want to make a big shout out to du Duval Dollar. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Best of luck to you in the future, okay? Thank you. And just like that, Duval Nation, we come to the end of episode 178. I want to thank Shayna for taking the time to come on the show. I don't know about you, but I found her story to be incredibly inspiring, and she is a very courageous and fierce woman. I hope our paths cross again down the road, and Shayna, thank you for taking the time. You are absolutely incredible. Okay, tune again next time as we showcase another extraordinary person. I have a really good one coming up in a few days, so be sure to keep checking your favorite podcast streaming channel for that episode to drop. Also, I think it's fair to ask you, the listener, have you enjoyed this episode? I truly hope you have, so please go and hit that subscribe button to keep up to date for when new episodes drop. Also, if you're feeling generous, drop us a review. We love reading what our listeners have to say about us, good or bad. We are still enjoying our partnership with the amazing Tee Public. The Derek Duvall Show has a great little store on there with everything without a logo on it, including magnets, stickers, and mugs. Plus, we have some really fun t-shirts on there that Mrs. Duvall and I added ourselves. So please go to our website, DerekDuvallShow.com. Go to the banner on the left that says Merch. Click that, and you'll be taken to our store on Tee Public. And once again, I want to thank them for being such great partners with the show. On behalf of myself, the entire team here at the Derek Duvall Show, I want to say to each and every one of you listening... What are you doing to manage your mental health this weekend? Have you considered jigsaw puzzles? Now, before you go, what am I, a retiree? Hear me out. Jigsaw puzzles can provide a number of benefits for mental health. It can help to reduce stress and anxiety by providing a calming activity with, that provides focus and concentration. Thanks for Prince in Pieces for that tad bit of information. Nostar, God bless, and see you next time. Planet Earth. This has been a recording of The Derek Duvall Show, and we thank you for listening. Please go to our website, DerekDuvallShow.com, for links to merchandise and to explore past episodes. Please find us on social media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Derek Duvall Show.